It's been a long week. First of all, Pastor Greg was gone this week, and we learned how much we miss him when he's gone, and all the things that he does for all of you. And uh, I tried to pick up some of the slack this week, and uh, I'm tired. I'm tired. Uh, Also, I was chasing baseball and basketball and all those kind of things. And so when I got here this morning, I wasn't feeling it. But then the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in me. And the great I am, you may notice, uh, the great I am, probably 80% of the time I preach, that's the the song before. Because I ask Kurt, that's one that gets me me going. We're continuing uh, through the book of Acts. And uh, Paul is continuing his third missionary journey. He's been around the known world twice already and he's starting his third trip around. He's strengthening churches and he's planting new ones and he's sharing the gospel with everyone he comes in contact with. He's building up leaders and sharing the gospel with the known world. We want to welcome you if you're uh, joining us by live stream today. We're going to read Acts chapter 19. And just the first 10 verses. It's a simple story, but I hope it will challenge us today. Here we read, while Apollos, who we talked about last week, was it at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly there for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some of them became obstinate. They refused to believe and publicly maligned the way, that is Christianity. So Paul left them. He took the disciples with him and had discussions daily in the lecture hall of Tyrannus. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. That's an amazing verse to end right there. All the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. The power of the Lord went out. Paul had been on his second journey and he said, if it's the, 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 the Ephesians said, Come back and visit us again. And he said, if it's the Lord's will, I'll return. And so he did, and he came back to Ephesus. It was the capital of the Roman province of Asia. It was one of the three greatest cities of the eastern Mediterranean, along with Alexandria and Syrian Antioch. About 250,000 people lived in that city. It was a center for the worship of Artemis, the Asian goddess of fertility. Her temple there was one of the seven wonders of the world. It It was a huge city. And it was a strategic city for Paul. He settled there for almost three years. When he first got there, it says he found some disciples in Ephesus. Now it's a loose usage of the word disciples. Because when he asked them, 
have you been baptized with the Holy Spirit? They said, well, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. Maybe they were baptized by Apollos when in his early days before he knew more, before he'd been built up. Uh, maybe it was an, uh, a disciple of John the Baptist who had gone back there. We don't know who had baptized them, but they were baptized with the baptism of John. But they were still waiting for the Messiah and the Holy Spirit hadn't been conferred on them. And Paul could see that they didn't have the Spirit of God in them. As I read about this, I'm like, why would you ask this question? Have you, have you been given the Holy Spirit? Because Paul could see in their lives, they were not reflecting the fruit of the Spirit. They not, were not reflecting the gifts of the Spirit. Power hadn't come on them. And so Paul laid his hands on them after they were baptized in the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit came and then the power of God came and they, they prophesied and they spoke in tongues. Now we don't, we don't do a lot with speaking in tongues around here and we don't talk a lot about prophesying but those are real gifts of the Spirit. I've been, I've been in some places where, where folks are speaking in tongues and I know some folks who pray in tongues as their own prayer language and I know that that is a powerful work of the Spirit that goes on today. And prophesying is just the people of God sharing the word of God through the power of the Spirit. And so those are things that can still happen today. And that is the kind of powerful thing that started to happen there in Ephesus. You can kind of know and kind of understand and, and many would call you a disciple or a believer. But that doesn't necessarily make it so. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I was, I was, uh, I was on Zealand Informed this week. I know for you Facebook folks, it's a dangerous place to go. All kinds of crazy things happen. But there was a person who was asking, she was looking for a church where the Spirit was active and where, where the, the gifts of the Spirit were open and where, where a minister might just stop and say, hey, uh, we're not going to do this because the Spirit is leading us to do this. And I couldn't respond that, that we're exactly that place yet. But I want to say we're open to the gifts of the Spirit and we're open to the work of the Spirit and the prayer ministry of this church has taken off and we want the Spirit of God to be in us. And we've been singing the same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in us. And so I hope that that becomes more and more true of us. I had a little messenger conversation with her and I said, you know, I'd love to have you come and check us out as we grow. We're preaching on this passage this week and we're going to invite the Spirit of God to be a part of our lives. We should be experiencing the power of the Spirit in our lives every day. I read this week from a commentary where it said those who are not experiencing the Spirit in that way are having a sub-biblical experience. And I thought about that. Do you want to have a sub-biblical experience? No, we want to have the full power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's important that we have what the baptism of the Holy Spirit implies. We need to have a fullness of the Spirit who gives power to witness and live out our lives as Christians. Matthew Henry's commentary said this, As there are pretenders to the gift of the Holy Ghost, so there are to his graces and comforts. We should therefore strictly examine ourselves. Have we received the Holy Ghost since we believed? The tree will be known by its fruit. Do we bring forth the fruits of the Spirit? 
Are we led by the Spirit? Do we walk in the Spirit? Are we under the governance of the Holy Spirit? People of God, the Spirit is real and He lives in us. The third person of the Trinity is available to us in power. Paul asked these people, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Because he could tell that they hadn't. He shared the gospel with them. He taught them. He brought them up. And then he ordained him. He laid his hands on them. I want to reach up my hands and say, the Holy Spirit is available to you. There's, and then when he does that, there's evidence of their belief. There's evidence that, of the Spirit's power. And then they share their faith with the whole region. Again, let me read this verse. This went on for two years, the discussions daily in the lecture hall with the, with the Gentiles, so that all the Jews and the Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Not just from Paul, but from the disciples and from all who came and gathered. The word of the Lord went out because of the power of the Spirit. So people of God, have we received the Spirit? Is there evidence are we saturating our region with the gospel? That's a hard thing for us to think about. Like, we don't, we don't think about it. But, but I think there are some little practical ways that we can begin to allow the Spirit to use us. Pastor Chris gave me a book last week. It's called Surprise the World. And it's got the subtitle, Five Habits of Highly Missional People. Missional people are people who believe that the Holy Spirit wants them to go out into their world and share about the reign of Christ. Hopefully we are missional people. How can we surprise the world with who we are? Michael Frost, the writer of this book, says we can do it in these five ways. It's the acronym B-E-L-L-S, BELLS. Number one, bless. This is a goal for us this week. I will bless three people this week, at least one of whom is not a member of the church. What does it mean to bless? Just a, an act of love or hospitality. To bless means to add strength to someone, to build them up, to encourage them. Pray about what would it look like for you to think about some people in your life, in your neighborhood, that you can bless. That's challenge number one. Challenge number two, this is Pastor Greg's favorite, eat. I'm pretty good at it too, just, just saying. I will eat with three people this week, at least one of whom is not a member of our church. We can fellowship with someone over food, over coffee. Who can you meet with this week and just encourage them? I met with a young man last week. He's been through a lot of struggles in his life. And I, I hope that that time together was an encouragement. Make it your weekly goal to find someone that you can sit down with, eat with, and bless them. Number three, listen. I will spend at least one period of the week. I don't know if that's, that can be five minutes. That can be 15 minutes. It can be a half an hour, an hour. I will spend at least one period of the week listening for the Spirit's voice. That's a good challenge for us as busy West Michigan people. We're running, running, running. First, you've got to slow down a little bit. Stop. Listen. You might have to put down your phone. My phone's way over there. 
I feel uncomfortable without it. It's a good thing. Turn your phone off. And just listen for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit might whisper to you who you should go eat with or who you should bless this week. Spend some time listening because the Spirit wants to speak to us. The God of the universe wants to talk to us on a regular basis. Number four, learn. I will spend at least one period of the week learning Christ. Pick up your Bible. Go back over Acts 19 this week. Prepare for Acts 20 next week. Be in God's word. Allow God to teach you from that. We also have a really cool resource available to us as a church. It's called Right Now Media. How many have heard of Right Now Media? Not very many. How many of you use Right Now Media? Only a couple. This is a great great ministry tool that we as a church ha have made available to you. You can go on our website. There's, a, there's a, an access point. Or you can just check out rightnowmedia.org. But it is, Pastor Trent talked about Francis Chan and Andy Stanley. There are all kinds of great preachers who have their materials there and they're available to us to learn of God throughout the week. I want to challenge you. Be learning for one period of time this week. And then finally, we are sent this challenge is, I will journal throughout the week about all the ways I alerted others to the universal reign of God through Christ. Make a journal of all the ways you see God working, all the ways you hear God speaking. We can surprise the world. Those might be lofty goals, but I encourage you to start with one. Bless someone. Have a meal with someone. Listen for the Spirit. Learn something beyond Sunday and look for opportunities. 1 Peter 3.15, one of my favorite verses, I share it often. In your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give a reason to anyone who asks you about the hope that you have. Can people see your hope? Would someone ask you, what's different about you? This week, I, and many weeks, you've heard me talk about Jim Cott Park. We, we go there a lot. When I go there, sometimes you see the worst of people. People that you know are, are good folks, but they're just caught up in the moment. Sometimes I see the worst of me. I got a little elbow this week from my wife. I didn't respond as well to it. But we get a little caught up in the moment. It's the worst of us. I said to someone on Friday at Jace's game, I have to behave tonight because I'm preaching on Sunday. <laughs> After I said it, I thought, that's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> Just tonight because I'm preaching. Uh, you know, next week, uh, anything goes, right? No, I have to behave because I'm always preaching. We have to live like Christ. We have to let the Spirit dwell in us because our lives are always preaching to the people around us. Do you live in such a way that someone might ask you about the hope that you have? I'm a better person when I'm open to the Spirit, when I'm learning from the Spirit, when I'm listening to the Spirit, when I have a passage of Scripture on my mind. Yeah, when, I'm, when I know I'm going to be standing up on Sunday, I, I think it changes the way I live. But man, it should change the way I live all the time. The Spirit of God wants to show. The, the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
that, that, that fruit should be dwelling up out of us. People around us should see that fruit. The gifts of the Spirit, prophesying, speaking in tongues, healing. We should be vessels of healing wherever we go in our world. We are all missionaries. I was reading our missionaries in Queenstown, New Zealand. Matt and Elise Sizemore. That Elise is Trent and Lynn's daughter. Matt is their son-in-law. Really, really cool. Uh, she's got an update. You can read it out on the missions table out there in the, in, the, uh, in the comments. Their update is, where are the Sizemores? What are they up to? And this is what Elise writes. And I have permission. She's probably, I don't know if it's in the middle of the night there or where, whatever it is, but Elise said she might be watching. Thanks, Elise, for sharing this because it, it really spoke to me and I hope it will speak to God's people. She wrote this. This month, we've been really focusing on the question, what does it mean to be a missionary in New Zealand? It's always been a large part of our vision in YWAM to have local and national impact on New Zealand. But God is refining our ideas. How do we live in such a way that we are really, we really are missionaries right where we are? Elise writes this, I recently remembered a poem I wrote in high school after a mission trip to Chicago. She wrote this, what's the difference between living life at school or at work and a mission trip? Why is it easier to love people I've never met before in a foreign land than to love the people I see every day? I take it all for granted. The images of God around me, they need him too. So live every day with a purpose in mind, intentionally loving my fellow children of God. And love is patient. Love is kind. Love is compassionate and honest. Love is consistent and unconditional and free, freeing. God is love. She says, how am I using the platform of my life in the grand scheme of things and the in-between moments to love people into the kingdom of freedom? We are all missionaries, really, not just those who go somewhere new. And now that Queenstown has become somewhat Somewhere not so new, I feel God urging me into greater depths of, an in, of intentionality in our community and the interactions I have with people every day. My destiny is not just to be on staff with YWAM Queenstown. It's to use my role here as a platform for the radical love and creativity that brings the gospel to people who don't already have it. And that is all of our call. We are all missionaries. We are all filled with the Spirit and we are all sent out to be his hands and feet? Do you live in such a way that someone might ask you about the hope that you have? I pray that you would preach a sermon every day with your life. What does your life say? Is there any fruit? Are you a missionary? We're going to sing this last song and it talks about where his spirit is, darkness dies, poverty ends, Mercy pours down, justice comes, lives are restored, miracles happen, healing begins, and the plans of the enemy are ruined. We have that power at our disposal. And I pray that as we leave this place, we will be filled with the Spirit so that can be the reality that we live in. Let's pray. Father in heaven, your Spirit is here in this place. Your Spirit wants to take up residence in our very lives. Lord, I pray 
that as reformed people, we would know that the Spirit exists and that we would want to have the Spirit active and powerful in our lives. Lord, may the songs that we sing remind us of that. May the words that we read remind us of that. May the times we spend with you this week in silence remind us of that. And then, Lord, send us out to bless people. In your name we pray. Amen. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance. That's a look on God's face. May God smile at you and give you peace. And may you go with that peace and be a blessing to those around you. Amen. Go in peace.